Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce Zing. And Joyce, don't look up. We're going to talk about don't look up. Does that work? Or should, should we look up? Is it just look up or don't look? Which, which side are you on? Well, I'm obviously on just look up based on the movie. Obviously, yeah. The right side of history. Right. Don't look up is like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Don't look up. So, uh, yeah, we saw Don't Look Up last night, Joyce, at the uh, Paris Theater, uh, a guild yes. screening, it seemed. Very, very, uh, very packed house. Mm-hmm. Not, a, not a lot of concerns about occupancy, but uh, what you think? Or, or, you know, just like eating in general. Yeah. A lot <laughs> there, of, there was a lot of popcorn there. Heavy on um, I, well, like reaction wise, I thought it went over like really well. Like there, it, it was kind of like the Ricardo's screening for me last week, which was also a guild screening. I mean, like, I feel like these type of movies like really play well to like the industry. And it's kind of, it's, it's really hard to gauge how well it might play to like the general public, but um, it went over well with them. Like there were again, a few times when like the laughs were so loud that I couldn't hear the next line. I noticed that too. I, there were yeah. a couple of times, uh, yeah, where I was like, oh, like Jonah Hill said something and like it got a big laugh. Uh, Don't Look Up is Adam McKay's new movie. Con- let's contextualize this, Joyce, for whoever is watching this who has not uh, heard of it. It's coming to Netflix. Uh, and it's about a comet uh, yes. approaching our planet Earth, yes. um, discovered by astronomers Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence. Jay Law is the one who actually discovers it, but she's his PhD uh, student candidate. Um, and then they try to tell the world that we're all going to die in six months and no one believes them. It's, you know, it's uh, well, uh, as Adam has said, Adam has said numerous times, like he wrote this like pre-COVID uh, and it's mostly a metaphor for climate change, you know, one of Leo's passions. Um, and they couldn't shoot during COVID. Uh, and then, you know, it became like also a metaphor for COVID and like COVID deniers and everything. So uh, it's not very subtle, but it's it's no. a it's a pretty scathing satire. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I got to be honest, not 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 that I was dreading it, but I was like, I do we need another? I was like, this is just maybe too close to home, right? Because it's like this has been like two years of our new news coverage and just four or five years of political uh, nonsense and uh, 
but I was really impressed with the movie. It's like, it was real. It's very funny. And it's very dark. I was like, I was left, uh, I, I was left shook as the kids say, Joyce. I was, I was, I was shaken up by the ending. I, I, the I whole yeah, that the ending, that ending is, is pretty uh, powerful. I would say. Yeah. It yeah. was surprisingly powerful. It reminded me a lot of, so um, I'm a, I like Adam McKay's movies, obviously like this, this era of Adam McKay, like uh, not, we'll separate off like the stepbrothers, anchorman, the hilarious comedies that he is, was known for, for the like more serious filmmaker stuff that he's been doing uh, lately. And this reminded me of the, remember at the end of the big short when like they have like the postscript and it's like Michael Burry is the Christian Bale character. And he was the one who was like, super on top of the financial collapse and like kind of basically predicted that it was going to happen and nobody really believed him. And, and he was right. And then at the end, they're like, it, it, in one of the postscripts, I'll, I'll butcher what it actually is. I meant to look it up. So I apologize, but it basically, it was like his next big thing was uh, the scarcity of water. And that was like what he was most concerned about. So like, that's like a chilling ending of that movie. Just like, Oh, and PS, this guy who was dead on about the financial crisis is also expecting us to become Mad Max Fury Road in like 20 years. And that like was like this movie, but like for a long time, for like very long running time. And so like you get that dread throughout and it's like really good. And I was just like, yeah, super impressed with the whole thing. I think uh, it's got a lot of potential. Like you said, the audience really loved it. I'll be curious to see you know, obviously it's on Netflix, it's December 24th. It's a small theatrical run before that. So who, they, they don't report box office. So it's like kind of meaningless, but I was like, it is like a good audience movie because people were very uh, interested and there's not just a lot of laughs, which we could talk about, but there's a couple of like big speech moments that I think like, I think actually one of them got applause, right? Like there's Leo has this big moment. Yeah. Which like, everyone has described as his, uh, Peter Finch network moment. And yeah. it, it, cause he's like literally on the air. <laughs> I, I have to say, I'm sure that Adam, McKay, like, I wish we could not describe movies with other, I know it's such easy shorthand, but I'm like, seeing like people be like, Hey, it's like doctor, like tweeting that it's like Dr. Strange yeah. or network. I mean, like, it's, it's definitely his Oscar clip. It's definitely his Oscar clip, but I was also like, wait, just find better references. Maybe it's just this instead of like, we don't need to, it's like, it's not like it's Dr. Strangelove, I guess, because it's a satire, but it's also like, it's not totally like it. I don't know. I, I was like, just no, like, it's just it also like in this day and age, people love like, not, not to like derail this conversation, but it's yes. just like, like TV shows and there's like 7,000 TV shows. So it's like, if you like this show, then watch this show. You right. Know? It does feel like SEO, uh, SEO. Yeah. SEO friendly. Thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> SEO friendly tweet reactions. Um, yeah. So like you're like all-star cast, like we said, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, are leads, uh, Meryl Streep actually in a lot more than I expected. She plays the president who Adam McKay has described as like an amalgam of every president since Reagan. And he considers them all pretty terrible in different ways, seemingly. And she's got like every like, you know, little subtle like feels of all of them from Trump to Obama because she smokes that I thought was like a funny dig at Obama to like, uh, you know, Bush and Clinton, there's a picture of Meryl Streep hugging Clinton on the desk that I was actually like, is this a real photo of Meryl Streep hugging Clinton or is it like a Photoshop? Could be either. Looked pretty good, I gotta say. Uh, there were uh, a lot of photos with her and other celebrities. Yeah. Uh, Jonah Hill is her her chief of staff and her son, who's in full Don Jr. mode, I would say, slash like... It's like Don slash like Jared. Yeah, and he's... Uh, it's definitely like the funniest Jonah Hill has been in a long time. I think I would say anecdotally, he got 
most of the laughs in our screening certainly he's like a big and, and a lot of like the his like scenes in the trailers are not in the final cut yeah, I was thinking about that Earl. That scene that we we had talked about this, I think, when Netflix did their fan event to dumb. Oh yeah, yeah, to dumb in September. Yeah, and they they released the clip, and everybody was like, Ugh, like. Not and again, as I said back then, like they like just had Adam rush like this like ninety second thing for the event, and it's like raw footage and not the final score from Nicholas Patel. <laughs> and so you were absolutely right, dead on right, because like the scene plays much better in the movie. Yeah. And uh, the score is much is awesome. Uh, the Nicholas Bertel score very in, into that. Um, who else? Rob Morgan has a pretty sizable role. He plays like a NASA scientist slash doctor. Cape uh, Blanchett is a, a Mika Barzinski type news anchor slash who has a show with Tyler Perry. Melanie Linsky plays Leonardo DiCaprio's wife. Uh, and he has it, it was actually a, did you like. Him see, seeing him with like grown sons, I found like not touching, but just like that's the first time I think he's ever been a parent of like like adults, like adults. <laughs> but it's like believable that he could be a parent of like a twenty year old guy. Yeah, because like, he just turned forty seven. Correct. Two weeks ago. <laughs> so it's like, but it's weird because you still think I still think of like Leo as like not old. So it's like, but it's like believable because he's like you know obviously an adult. Uh, I just thought that was interesting. That's I definitely think the first like you anytime he's had kids, it's always been like Shutter Island style where they're like young kids or whatever. Um, and then you I have know, but uh, I was I was like excited that like Melanie was his wife because I was like I hope they just talk about Kate Winslet. The whole great. Time and the I hope they did too. That would be so good. And then uh, Timothy Chalamet comes in in about maybe like the third act, I guess. And he plays. It was like, like definitely the third act. <laughs> like, he plays yeah, like yeah. a uh, religious teenager, I would say. Uh, that would be his uh, his character type. He's a, a skateboarder. Do they skateboard, or am I just imagining that he looks like he would? It was it was a skateboard. They, yeah. they have a skateboard. He holds up a skateboard. Um. Yeah. The movie is like. Uh, really, uh, we talked about this after it, it, it doesn't, uh, it moves really quick, you know, very, yeah, funny. it's like, it's a little over two hours. Um, well, there's also two, there's a mid credit scene. It's just like Marvel mid credits and post credits. Yeah. You got to stick around for both. Don't and it was like a little over two hours and I, I was, it was fine. I, I did not feel it, I guess I would say. Same. And I, I was I like, felt other, like, I felt house of Gucci. <laughs> Same. I felt how Gucci and even like a movie like Licorice Pizza, which I loved. I was definitely mm-hmm. like, this is long, I yeah. guess. And like, this did not feel long at all. So I was like, uh, so as a movie, not a review, good movie though. Uh, it's solid, <laughs> you know, solid across the board. And then from an Oscar standpoint, I don't know. I came home and I was like, I'm, I'm bullish on this movie. I had it in, I've had it in best picture as like a, you know, kind of like a placeholder spot. I moved it up actually. I think it could do really well. Feels like it could get like a SAG ensemble nomination for the cast. Oh yeah, for sure. And I moved Adam into best director. I think that it's, even though best director is packed and it's incredibly crowded, I think he could get one of the five spots. I, I think that the movie's message and the way he handles it, I think it's much more, you know, it's funny when Vice, I, I also like Vice, so I'm like in on Adam McKay. So this is all like clouded judgment bias, whatever. But I remember Vice, one of the things I liked about it is that it felt completely reckless in that like, uh, just he threw everything at the screen. It felt like no one was telling him no at any point in Vice. And it worked, worked um, for me. I don't know. This one, I was worried that this was going to be a little out there because Netflix is like, you know, maybe famously not very note heavy. Right. Like they're not going to like tell 
you know, they, they're not going to tell Martin Scorsese not to do something or David Fincher and Adam McKay is like one of those filmmakers who maybe they're not going to give notes to, but I was like, it actually felt like really, I don't know, disciplined in, in a way that Vice didn't. And I was like really impressed with all of that. I think he held together the tones are like all over the place, but in a good way. Yeah, I was like impressed. I put him in as well. And then I think you had said you have Leo in forever, right? You're like- I've I've always had Leo in and you made me defend him like two weeks ago in our call. <laughs> and you were right, as and usual. Look, like I, I just like, I, I just won't doubt Leo. Like, and I feel like since he won, like he's entered this phase where like, if, if he is in like a big contender, like he will like probably get in. Like, like I said, like, remember when people were like, oh, he might get snubbed for once upon a time in Hollywood. I was like, no, he's fine. He's not winning, but like, he's getting in. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, because like, just because he lost the globe to like Taron Egerton, like, no, like he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's fine. Um, yeah, and this, I, 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 I just felt like, like I also always had don't look up in picture just because of the response to vice, which got eight nominations. Right. And that was a lot. Like, I think this will be less polarizing than vice was like Same. for all the reasons you said. So I feel like this could do as well, if not better than vice. I don't know if it can get nine, maybe like it, it would have to go over like really big, but I could see it getting like, eight, like it could get visual effects. Like, so I have it in for visual you know? effects. We were, we were talking about this on text. Uh, the visual effects are better than some of the Marvel movies we saw this year. Yeah. Like recent ones. Yes. Yeah. Uh, really impressive. Really yeah. impressive. Not, not, not like Iron Man from like 13 years ago. No, <laughs> like recent Marvel movies. It's actually better looking than those and not, uh, and totally unexpected that it would have like solid visual effects, but it like, pretty cool like the visual yeah effects are good. so yeah so i think it's it's in picture i have like leo in still and i haven't put adam in but i can see him getting in definitely i mean he got in the last two times yeah and you know that that uh branch i guess like it's it's with, with like the increasing like diversification of the membership like it's they're skewing a lot more like auteurish and he's not like your typical auteur from just like you know his background and everything but uh, you know like all of his stuff is wholly his and original and i think they do respect that um on some level so yeah. i i might put i don't know how it bumped out though who did you that was the problem i bumped out so i've had my well, briefly to detour to best director i have jane campion kenneth branagh denny villeneuve and paul thomas anderson and then my fifth slot I had um, Ronaldo Marcus Green as like a, a Hail Mary because I think that would be great. And we'll talk about King Richard in a little bit, but I moved him out and put Adam McKay in. I think like for the odds, it's like the 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 chalk uh, in the combined odds would be uh, Jane, Kenneth Branagh, Denny Villeneuve, Paul Thomas Anderson, and Guillermo del Toro is like hanging strong there for Nightmare Alley, which no one has really seen yet. And then mm-hmm. Joel Cohen is sixth and McKay is seventh. So it's not a real long shot by any no. means. And I think the more people see this, the higher up he'll go. I think he'll actually end up, I think he can make it. That's That was my brief detour, at least. Yeah. I, I'll, I I'll think- tell you this, Joyce. Also, I so I have a, I have a picture director, I have Leo, and I snuck, I, I, I put Jonah Hill in. I know Best Supporting Actor is absolutely chaotic. It is. Well, that's also why you can get in. <laughs> it's it's so crowded. I actually bumped out uh, uh, Kiaran Heinz, I, I apologize again to, to Donald Clark because I'm sure I said that wrong. <laughs> but 
I'm trying. Uh, I bumped him out for Belfast. I know that seems weird because. Wait, so do you, do you have any Belfast guy or like, do you have Jamie? I have Jamie in. I'm Jamie. Okay. My, my reasoning was Jamie is just everywhere. There was a New York Times profile on him either earlier this week or I guess last week. And I just feel like. Oh, like how he wants to be in Marvel because he. Yeah. And I just think he's like super like, like he's so likable. And I just feel like that's going to. How many times do you think he's performed Everlasting Love? I mean, at least like two or three so far. Maybe they'll have him perform it on the actual Oscars. Open, open the show. Just like Queen. Open the show. (laughs) So anyway, I have Jonah Hill in for Don't Look Up. I was like, he's so funny in it. And he gets all the big laughs. And I think like the headlines out of the movie when you see it. And even at the screening, there was a post Q and a with Adam and uh, his producer, uh, Kevin Mesnick, I believe is his name, right? Or, oh, we can Google it. Uh, Kevin Messick, also a producer on Succession. So. so, yeah, like the top lines, I think are like Leo and Jen, but then like even Jonah, honestly, like number three there, even ahead of Merrill, I think for laughs particularly. And also just like, Man, he's so funny in it. It's like, no, it would be like, it kind of reminds me a little of Bradley Cooper and Licorice Pizza. There's like no actual character arc, but it's just like you watch the movie and you're like, this guy is just on another, like he's just on another level, kind of like. I mean, I could see him getting in the same way he did for both of Wall Street, which is like with no precursors. Cause like, yeah, like not getting anywhere. But like if people, in the academy like the branch just like respond to him and they because he's he's got nominations both ways like you know so um i was also like he uh he's in every scene he's in is with like meryl and leo basically like and also rylance who's quite good in it as well and i could see getting in but i was just like he's like not it's not like he's blowing them off the screen, but he's like dominating these scenes. And like, I just was like, he's opposite Meryl Streep and he's like killing. So I was like, I just think that'll help him get in. <laughs> I don't know. So did you add like either Meryl or Kate in supporting actress? I did not. I could see uh, Meryl. I don't think you could count out because she's Meryl. And I'm like, once she got in for like Into the Woods, a movie I enjoy, but the fact that she got in for that, I was just like, she could literally get in for anything. So I think it's a definite possibility that she could get in. And she's basically, while it's an amalgam of all the presidents, I think the top line is like, she's playing lady Trump, basically. I mean, kind of like, I think that'll be like a takeaway. At least certain people will come out way with. So uh, I could see her getting in, but I don't know. I thought Kate was really fun and funny, um, but I don't think she'll get in. I think if she gets in, she'll get in for nightmare alley. Yeah. So, so I put Jonah in, I have it in for visual effects and original screenplay and I have it in for film editing because I think there's going to be a good narrative around, uh, Hank Corwin, who is the, yeah, like he was nominated last time Um, and he's never won. And I honestly could see it winning because again, like I kind of felt like it was way more disciplined than vice and big short. And it felt like, he had a strong hand in like what the movie ends up being. And Adam said that yesterday at the DG at the guilt screening. Yeah. I mean, like it's, you know, sometimes they do, uh, as we know from three years ago, they were like the most editing. Um, so it does have a lot of cuts, but not in like, like a bad way. And it's just like, there's a lot of, 
you know, like how Adam McKay movies are like this, just like quick cutaways and then just some like montages. And so I, I think like they're like nicely put together, especially like towards the end. Yeah. So I, I could see, I have it in for editing and I could see him winning. And then I'm like, I don't know. I, I think it's a strong, I don't think it'll win best picture. Like I don't think you could say any, like, I don't know if it we crack into that. Like last week we were talking, it seems like power of the dog Belfast and King Richard are like remain like the three current best possibilities. And like we said, I think power of the dog is like seemingly like a strong consensus pick, but I think it could, I don't know. I could see it doing really well and like being a strong contender for best picture. It's, I don't think it'll be as polarizing, like you said, as vice. And I don't know, I could see it hanging in and the acting and the cast are going to be like a big draw. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even talked about Jayla. I don't have her getting in. Um, I, I, I just, I mean, we talked about this last night too. Like, I think like she was really funny. She has like a great, like running gag in the movie. Um, but I, I felt like she didn't like her character didn't have as much of like an arc as like Leo's did. And that category, like best actress is stacked as well. So I don't know. I um, was trying to think of a way to get her in because I've been yeah. saying actually when I came home last night uh, to case my wife, I was like, it's just so nice. Like I kind of forgot how much I like her as an actor because she's just, yeah. Like, like she's, she just has like such like natural like charisma on screen. Mm-hmm. And it's like, she hasn't really done obviously that much lately. And like, I can't remember what was the, like the last really good thing she's done is like, I'd have to actually look it up. Maybe like mother, honestly, I really enjoyed. And that was, I mean, that that was like, (laughs) you either like really liked it or you like really did it. So I'm like, she hasn't done something in a while. And she's like talked about, like she was on the cover of Vanity Fair uh, for the, I guess, December they're up to probably for their issues. And she was basically saying how she like stepped away because she was like, she's talking about this, like how everybody was sick of her and blah, blah, blah. And she got married and, and she's pregnant and all these different things. And she's like basically lived her life. But man, she's so good on screen, just totally charismatic. And this was like, this was written for her. Yeah. So it's like, she's awesome in it. I just was like, I can't, as I tried last night, I was like pulling out the abacus, trying to figure out how to get her in there. And it's just too crowded. I don't know. I just think that category is absolutely- I mean, you you added someone else. I have now I've now I'm I've I've got Nicole winning still. We talked about this last <laughs> week. Kristen Stewart and Lady Gaga. Those three I have locked in. And then four and five, I think I could come up with any number of possibilities. But the moment I have Alana Hyam, which you had talked about as being like a real possibility last week. And I kind of poo-pooed it. And then I was like, Joyce is right, as usual. <laughs> and I put put her in. And then I have Jennifer Hudson for respect. Uh, getting back in. I have had her in and moved her out. Now I have her back in. I was, uh, she was on the THR actress, drama actress roundtable. You have such like, recency bias. <laughs> super recency bias. And I was like, I read this thing and I was like, putting her back in. <laughs> so, I don't know. So I could see Jennifer Lawrence getting in. I think it depends on if it's like, I guess if the movie is like massive, I could see her getting in. She's like I said, she's great. She's absolutely great in it. I love her. Her chemistry with Leo is awesome. I think they work really well together and comedically. I think they work really well together because they're not trying to be funny. Like Mm -hmm. that was another problem with, again, not to go back. I don't want to relitigate this September clip, but it felt like in that clip, everyone's trying to be funny. And in the movie, when you watch it, that's actually not the case. They're all just playing like pretty straight and getting the laughs. I feel like so. 
Yeah, because like they're actually the straight characters, the two of them, because like they're trying right. to be serious about this and get the news out. And like everyone needs to take this seriously and no one is taking it seriously. And and like I like like I've said before, I love comedic Leo. Like he needs to do more comedies. And he's yes. he's basically like a dweeb here. Yeah. <laughs> like he's so There's good a, at one. <laughs> there was one scene that I was still laughing about this morning. I won't spoil it, but Ariana Grande is in it as well, playing not herself, but like herself, basically. Like she's a generic pop star in, in the movie. So kind of like a little more satirical than she is in real life. And she's obviously in on the joke because she's in the movie. And there's a scene where she's waiting to go on to the MSNBC style morning show that the been, Daily Rip, the Daily Rip that uh, Kate and uh, Tyler Perry host, and uh, Leo and has an interaction with her that I was like still guffawing over. I think it's so funny because I think it's, like it's like it's like such like a dad exchange. Like <laughs> it really is. Like I mean, like we've like Leo obviously. Uh, one of the biggest stars in the world and stuff. And I, I, he doesn't, it's not like he doesn't play his age, but I think this is the first movie where I've seen that. It's like, he is absolutely a 47 or 48 year old man. And instead of like, this guy could believably be 35 or whatever. And we'll pair him with like a younger love interest and he won't have kids or he'll have young kids. And here it's just like, he's a full dad. It's just like, he's in yeah, full he's dad like, Yeah, like there's like a little like snippet of that scene in the trailer and like, there's like a little bit more to it. And it's like, it's it's not even dialogue heavy, but it's just like the reactions between both of them. It's, it's really good. Yeah, it's it's super funny. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I was like, I was uh, very, very into it. I, I don't know. And then we didn't even talk about uh, Nicholas Bertel. Do you want to do like a, a brief... I mean, is he going to win for this? Finally. <laughs> so we don't know, like score, obviously, like we can't, like, there's no, uh, there's no shortlist. Yeah, we need the shortlist. So yeah. I don't know. I kind of think, yes, I, I could see. He, there's a lot of good scores this year. It, <sighs> it's really, really good year for scores. I think we could say that every year, but I mean, like, and again, shortlist. Yeah, you accepted. have like Hans Zimmer. It's like you have Hans like for Dune. Multiple Johnny Greenwood. <laughs> multiple Johnny Greenwoods. I would probably say, I honestly thought personally that the Spencer one was better than the Power of the Dog one, but they're both awesome. And also Power of the Dog obviously is like a best picture front runner. So probably like the one that people will kind of gravitate towards. Uh, Being Ricardo's was great score. French Dispatch is a great score. King Richard is a fun, like, you know, very uh, inspirational down the middle score. Nicholas Vertel has, we were, I was talking about this yesterday, Cruella amazing score i think for him so it's like he actually has two he's, he's gonna win for corella obviously <laughs> i mean i would not be against that again i think the corella score is so good but i'm like this is a really tough year coda has a great score um we don't even know yet like nightmare alley what that'll be like but so there's a lot but i could really see him winning for he this already won, what was that like the hollywood music award yeah. and it just feels like this is like he like we were saying he lost uh moonlight lost to la la land and then he lost the black panther for beale street which i think maybe we would have done over and that same year he had vice which i'd actually argue is maybe even as good as the beale street one and wasn't even nominated um i i don't know i feel like it's maybe like this is the time for nicholas bertel people still you know this is a good score there. and it's um like the the final cue is is really great and you know, it's like obviously slightly it has a slightly like comedic tone to mm -hmm. it just because of the vibe of the movie. Um, 
but it it fits like every moment i feel like and he also could get two nominations because yes. he co-wrote the song in the movie just look up yes so he could go from zero to two is all i'm saying he could definitely and that means best original song now we've got uh beyonce for be alive a potential jay-z nomination uh ariana grande so and, and kid cuddy and kid cuddy for this and then who else isn't there another one i feel like uh billy eilish for like a two-year-old song Billie Eilish for the Bond song. Yeah, just an um, absolute wild, uh, yeah. wild list. It could be an actual, like, star-packed uh, song lineup, you which you can't like, say every year. <laughs> y'all, I guess you would have the National in there, too, for, like, the Cyrano, right? Like, that's, like, this is, like, legitimate, mm-hmm. like, major artists all in contention this year. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, any Anything else on, on uh, Don't Look Up before we look down and move on to King Richard. I tried another pun there. I don't think it worked. Uh, yeah, that, that wasn't a good one. You failed. You should have just tried for like a tennis pun. Like, I know. I, I don't know the tennis puns. They're, they're so easy. Like it's just a love match. Well, love means nothing in tennis. Right. And then there's ace, winner, a serve. So like, I think at the very least, I would say, I would say don't look up held serve, let's say for now. I'll be yes. curious to see like the reviews and has it. What, what will break serve? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> this is like uh, the worst segue ever. <laughs> really tough, really tough look. Um, so yes, yeah, I do. I do have a lot of thoughts on King Richard, <laughs> which I watched twice this weekend. So I was going to um, rewatch it, and I didn't do it yet. But I plan on watching wow. it either today or tomorrow. But it, it's on HBO Max. Obviously, uh, you can watch right now. It was in theaters. Did not do maybe as well as people expected, but at the same time. What do you expect? I'm just like, like who, I mean, yes, you should care, but also like, who cares? It's like, exactly. There's a pandemic. And also, like, why it, are you trying to force people to go watch a movie in a theater when they could watch it from the comfort of their own home, correct. the safety and, of their own home? And the other thing is that uh, every one of these adult dramas basically has had the same exactly. result. So yeah. anyway, but Joyce, tell me, you are a tennis expert. You love tennis. You love the Williams. Um, I do. I, and I'm actually wearing a U.S. Open shirt for this right now. Nice. So This is yeah. perfect. Tell me um, all your thoughts on King Richard. I've been waiting to talk to you about this and like, have you uh, <laughs> given your take on it since d- September? So I'm so excited. So I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, and this was also, this is a pretty long movie. It's like two and a half, I would say. Right. Or something. Yeah. It's like two twenty. Um, yeah. So, but I, I thought it, it went by, I wouldn't say quickly, but it, it like it flowed well. And like, I didn't really feel it either and I watched it twice <laughs> this weekend nice. um and uh I I am happy for like Serena and Venus and uh their older sister Isha uh our executive producers on this movie and um Isha was there like every day like she was like you know day-to-day like EP there and so I feel like they made the movie they wanted and I'm happy for them and this is like this is a good like starter movie into for like their like Serena and Venus's careers. If you just know them as these like tennis superstar siblings, you know, if you don't really know like their background. And uh, I would say some of like the discourse <laughs> over the weekend, I completely expected when this movie was announced that it was going to be called like King Richard about their dad. Cause I knew there were going to be people who are like, 
why is this about their dad and not about them? Like, even like I told you, like when I was at the US Open with my friend, like even she who like follows them, you know, and knows about Richard was like, why is this about him and not mm-hmm. them? But I feel like it's impossible to tell their story without starting with him because he was like the architect of their careers, which they very clearly and immediately established in their movies. It's not like maybe they would have become tennis players on their own, like picked up a racket at like four or five. But he had this planned out before they're even born because um, Orisine had like three older daughters before she and Richard met. And then they got married. And then he was like, I'm going to like create tennis players. We need two more babies. And then they have Venus and Serena. And he did have like this like 85 page like game plan for Mm -hmm. their career. So like that's all true. So I don't think it's wrong to like have him be the focus of this movie and they obviously love their dad and like owe their careers to their dad so i think the movie worked on that level and i thought the performances were great like the girls playing venus serena were amazing like demi singleton looks like young serena if you've seen like old footage of her um sanaya sinney doesn't exactly look like venus but she just like dominated second half of the movie when it really became about like Venus's um, rise-esque. Um, and then she has like, you know, her big matches at the end. And uh, and they both like learn, they've talked about this, like they both learn how to play like Venus and Serena. Like they really ushered in like power tennis in like the late nineties and like open stance and everything. But like, just like the way, like Venus has like amazing reach and like her net approaches and like Sanaya like nailed all that. All the tennis scenes were great, which is very hard to capture in Mm -hmm. film. Um, You know, like no shade to like that of the sexes, but like the tennis scenes were like kind of lacking that. And like, I love Wimbledon, the movie and also the tournament, but the movie, like, you know, not, not the best tennis scenes in that movie, but like this, um, you know, like, like you said, like last week, it was like shot by uh, Robert Ellswit, Oscar winner. And they, they felt like all the tennis scenes felt really like real. Like Mm -hmm. it's oftentimes you felt like you were actually watching um, like footage from like our highlights from a real match. Absolutely. I thought that too, honestly, like it definitely had like a little bit of where you're like, is this actually just like regular footage? It reminded me of that scene in Spencer where you just see her on the TV and she looks so much like Diana that you're just like, is this real? But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So um, I do have some, some notes. Yes. Maybe some like unforced errors that I actually. That's a tennis. I get that. I understand that. (laughs) Um, So I, I wanted more of like Anjanou Ellis as Orisine. Mm-hmm. their mom who like she was like just as important as like Richard and their like development as tennis players and like you got that like small montage of her like training Serena and I felt like we needed like more of that and then she didn't you know she has like her big like kitchen scene as well and she actually is still like part of like their entourage like she still goes to their matches and everything like Richard has stopped doing that he also has like some health issues mm-hmm. um but she's just like a firecracker I love her um she's honestly like my favorite like Williams family member nice. <laughs> my favorite like Horacy moment is like at the 2007 Australian Open uh which Serena won when she was ranked like 81st um and like she was just like yelling from the stands like get out of Melbourne 
which also like no coaching from the stands, but anyway, and it's like, what is she saying? Is she like telling her to get out of the city? And it's like, no, like Serena was too far back from the baseline. Like she was like 15 feet, uh, 15 feet back, like standing on the Melbourne logo on the court. So she was <laughs> telling her to get out of Melbourne and like move up and be more aggressive. But awesome. I like love that. Like, so she's great. So I'm more of her. And then there were some um, like differences <laughs> from real life. So first of all, at the last um, event, the Bank of the West in Oakland, that in real life, that was an indoor event, but I feel like they made it outdoor because of COVID. So whatever, that's fine. Um, so Venus's first match as a pro, then she won against Sean Stafford. The scoreline was 6364, but in the movie, they had Venus go down for love. And I'm like, that's just kind of unnecessary. <laughs> like, why did you change that? You could just have her go down like three love. Right. Um, and then, so then her next match was just like the, you know, the climax of the movie. She plays Arancha Sanchez Vicario. And I love the detail of like, they had like Arancha have her little like ball thing on the back, which was real. Like she actually, you know, had that back then. So they kept saying that Arancha was the number one player in the world. She was not. She was still two back then. Um, I mean, she had like a, a banner year that year because she won two Grand Slams. But she didn't hit number one until February 95. And this was October, November 94. Who is so number she was one? Duffy. Okay. But she was the number one seed at that tournament, which is right. a different thing because Duffy right. didn't play. So that bothered me. I can um, see that. <laughs> and then, oh, and then they kept calling her Vicario. Like her last name is Sanchez Vicario because the Spanish like naming system is like your first name, whatever middle name your father's last name and your mother's last name. And a lot, most like people like publicly, they just use like their father's last name, like Rafael Nadal, his name is, his real name is Rafael Nadal Pereira, but he goes by Rafael Nadal. So they kept calling her Vicario and I'm like, her last name is Sanchez Vicario. Um, And then just from like a story standpoint, I, I was kind of surprised that they did not have any scenes of Venus and Serena playing each other. Or even discuss that eventually when you go pro, you will have to play each other for these big titles because that was always part of Richard's game plan. You know, you're going to be one and two, going to win all these Grand Slams. And they did. Like, that all came true. Like, they were the first people to play each other in four consecutive Grand Slams, you know? Um, And it's not even discussed. And then, like, in, I guess, like, halfway through the movie... Uh, you know, you have that scene when like they trade trophies because Venus is like, I'll give you gold and like, I like silver. Anyway, that really happened because Venus beat her (laughs) and they don't show that. And I'm just like, this is just like, I, I I just felt like that was something they should have talked about. And then another, like I told you this yesterday, like another good opportunity for them to address that is like towards the end when like Serena is just like staring at this like empty stadium and Richard comes up to her and it's like, you're just going to be number one, but you're going to be the best player in the world. Like they could have talked about that then too. And like all, all of that is true. Like Richard has always said, even when they're starting out that like Serena's better and Orsine has said back then that Serena's better because she's meaner because <laughs> she has like more of a killer instinct. Uh-huh. So I just, and it's also weird because like during the credits, they show montages 
of them for real. And it's like, they're playing each other. Right. And then there's a clip of like Justin Gimmelsal, like interviewing Venus about, you know, like your sister's playing each other. And I'm like, why didn't you do this in the movie? I don't know. So, so. I was saying uh, it, that, that scene, and then maybe that we're setting up the Williams sisters cinematic universe. And then maybe in the sequel. I mean, I would approve of that. Like, And, and then the they, sequel, could, they could definitely play again. Yeah. I, I mean, I would absolutely, I'll tell you what, they could definitely do a sequel or an HBO Max show or whatever, whatever the hell happens nowadays. They, they have a lot of um, documentaries and whatnot and, and shows. Because I'm like Demi and, and, and Sanaya are awesome. Like you said, they're really good. And you could definitely have them playing the Williams sisters, continue to play them. Uh, it's like, why not? I don't know. They're really good. So I'm in for a cinematic universe and we could have them play each other. In the yeah. Sequel. Cause then, yeah. Like, cause it ends, I, I actually like where it ended. Um, and it's like, I also like that. I mean, obviously it, it would have been ridiculous if they had her win that match. Cause she didn't win that match. Like she lost to uh, Arantxa. So I like where it ended. Cause it's still like, they accomplished what they like set out to accomplish. Um, uh, you know, it's funny. You've mentioned that I, while I was watching it, I was like, I know she doesn't win this. Just I, I don't even know tennis as well as you do, obviously. But I was like, I just know she didn't beat Arantxa Sanchez Vicario. That would have been like a major yeah. deal that I remember because she was obviously like a top player. And like Venus was not, a, you know, obviously an upstart underdog in that match. And I was like, man, they're really making it seem like she's going to win. And I don't remember that at all. There's no way she's going to win this. And then she doesn't. Like, no but like all, everything that happened in that match is real. Like the, to- the toilet break was real, which lasts for like 10 minutes. I also love that, like, this was like the focal match in this movie when this year, like, especially at the U S open, like the big storyline was like the length of bathroom breaks yeah. because of like Stefano Sissipas. Yeah. It reminded <laughs> so, me as a sports movie. I, I think it reminded me a lot of Moneyball. Cause Moneyball. I love Moneyball. Best movie of 2011. I agree. Best movie of 2011 by far. It's definitely the best, best Brad. And they also movie. didn't win the climactic. And they didn't win the climactic thing. And you're actually yeah. like, it's an interesting way. And I wouldn't be surprised if like Moneyball was a big influence on the way the movie was made because it also looked, you know, the way it's shot, I think it's like that kind of like Moneyballish style. Like we said, like Robert Elza does a lot of like, it's just much more, it looks a lot different than you would expect like a bigger glossy sports movie to look, frankly, I think at times. And I just think they handled it really well because like we said, like, they don't win if she doesn't win. So it's like, you're kind of on an anti-climax, but it actually ends up being like a climax. Cause they get to, they do what they set out to do. Basically. It, it's really well done. I thought the end. Enjoyed yeah. The and end. also I think it would have been hard to end with, I mean, I guess, I mean like, you know, grand slams are like what tennis players want to win, you know, like it's not the Olympics, like tennis was right. only added to the Olympics in 88. Right. So you won grand slams and um, Serena won a grand slam before Venus because Serena won the US Open 99 and then mm-hmm. Venus won in 2000. So, you know, I, and like, since this movie is much more about like Venus's development, because she's older, I think it would have been hard to like get to when they were actually competing for grand slams. Um, cause I mean, like Venus also, you know, her big breakthrough slam was, uh, the 97 US Open, but she didn't win that. Right. So, you know, I think because the vocal, uh, the, the focus was so much on Venus, it would have been hard to a- end with her winning the 2000 US Open when like Serena won the year before already, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. So, and, and she also won like uh, Wimbledon that year too, like uh, Venus in 2000. So, yeah, like Serena won before she did. So, Joyce, uh, what do you, so like, and, and did watching it change your opinion on its uh, awards chances at all? 
Um, I mean, I still, I didn't change anything. I, I still have it in best picture. I still have will. And first I thought he, he didn't do anything like groundbreaking and that's not a slight on him, but like he, he did what, what, what I expected. And also like that, um, you know, Richard Williams is a, a complicated person in real life. Um, you could, you could Google for more like backstory on him. Like he was like a very, um, he was, he was like a disruptor in tennis just because of, you know, what he did, like not having them play juniors. Also when they talk about juniors in the movie, I, I feel like just because of what they show, it just makes it look like those like local tournaments when they really mean mm-hmm. like the ITF juniors, like the junior slams. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. But like he set a, a blueprint for like future like tennis parents because like Naomi Osaka's dad emulated him mm-hmm. and like Naomi didn't play juniors. So um, he's that and he's, you know, they, they also hinted at him like being like just making up like these like w- like white lies about like, you know, that like Rockefeller's and like, like all that stuff, like he said, but they don't really dig deeper into him. And also he has like his relationship for and like later on, they eventually divorced, but there were some like domestic violence incidents with him. And then, you know, in Anjanou's big scene, she references like him, like leaving his first family right for her. So they don't really dig into that, which I think is expected with the girls, um, you know, being EPs on the movie. Um, but I, I think like Will like did a good job and it's it's definitely it still reminds me of like kind of like a, a Sandra Bullock like blindside win if he wins, you know? I, I would agree with that. I, I think it feels like I mean, I just felt like the whole time it's just like a huge movie star performance. It's like he's a big movie star doing like a big movie star thing. It, I, it reminded me of Tom Cruise and Jerry Maguire, too, honestly. Like he's just like it's just like this guy's good doing like a thing. I don't know. I thought he's like really good. I think you're right. It's not like, I think he has a couple of like really powerful scenes. And I like thinking back when I was talking about the movie this weekend and just like hearing you talk about it here, like his scenes with like Venus, uh, like it's like towards the end when he explains like, you know, how he was like, you know, how he was abused and stuff as like a kid. And like, you know, like, like trying like explaining to her, like how come he's like parented the way he has and stuff. That's like a really powerful moment, I think. And like, definitely like tear up moment, I think for a lot of people. So he has like a couple of really great scenes. He's super funny and charming at times. Obviously he's Will Smith. Uh, yeah, nothing. I still think he's like the favorite to win as well. I I don't know. I, I, yeah. And I think, uh, some people probably got discouraged because it didn't, you know, light the box office on fire. Yeah. So it's funny that it, 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 that, that is like, definitely, I feel like that too. It felt like there was like a lot of the coverage around it was like, well, it really didn't do well. Not like it, nothing, who knows if flop. I mean, obviously it cost more money than it made. It's like a big, he was like, a, he's a movie star making like 20 million or whatever. Um, but it made me laugh. Cause I'm like, then who is going to be his like, num- who's his prime contender? Benedict Cumberbatch on a, a Netflix movie that made three cents at the movie theaters. They don't even tell you how much it made, you know, because they don't need to, or like Denzel and uh, tragedy Macbeth, which is also going to app, you know what I mean? It's just as like, I don't think the box office should really mean that much, even though it probably. Yeah. It's, it's not like when like, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody won like, one yeah. <laughs> like a billion dollars. Right. So uh, like, yes. Yeah. I agree. So I, I still have him in. I, I think, like you said, I think, uh, Anjana Ellis is great in the movie. She, and like her big scene is like enough to get her in. I still have her in pretty comfortably. Yeah. I have her in, but again, like I wanted more of her. Um, 
I don't know if she can win. I, I don't know. I still have Katrina in first. Like their roles are pretty similar in that yeah, it's like, a, honestly, like, it long is suffering very, wife trope. Yeah. And they both have like these one, and it's funny because they're very similar and they actually both have these really strong, their strongest scenes are basically when they stand up for themselves in their conversations mm-hmm. with their spouse, which is, yeah. I think like really interesting. Like it's like, it's nice. It's a different, it's a, I guess it's like a little bit of a subversion of like the typical, like, supportive wife role on both of them yeah they it's not like like exact check mark like it's it's not like super tropey like they they like elevate the trope yeah that's what it is yeah but they do um so yeah i don't know and then I toyed with John Bernthal, my boy, John Bernthal, who I got to interview (laughs) for this he's a great a great interview great guy he's awesome in the movie plays rick macy massey or macy joyce help me out Macy. Macy. Yes. Okay. I got, I got one, right. Uh, Rick Massey in the movie. Uh, he, he's really great. Really like an, ex, he just kind of explodes into the movie, like all energy, short shorts, silly mustache, ridiculous accent. But I just think supporting actor is so packed. And I'm, unless King Richard is like an absolute juggernaut, I don't think he would get in, but it, it could be possible. I have him in like the second, I have him like the five to 10 range personally yeah he's really fun um and he i i actually enjoyed him and tony goldwin a lot tony who plays paul cohen uh, another mm-hmm. one of their early coaches um but he he exits in the first half and then like uh john comes in right um and he's more of like the comic relief coach um but that was also like rick's personality right like, anyway and and he has a couple of good scenes again like he also takes will to task uh richard to task in like a scene like kind of like Tried, tries to, you know, get him to see from the girl's perspective. He obviously has like a great affection for the girls in the movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I could see him getting, you know, the thing with John Bernthal is like, he's been in about 3 billion projects and he works with everyone seemingly. So I could actually see him getting a SAG nomination to be perfectly It's, it's all those like Walking Dead fans. <laughs> kind of, right. I mean, like he's worked with everybody. And this year he's also got like, he's in the Sopranos movie. He's also in Unforgivable with Sandra Bullock. He's got King Richard. Uh, he was in a small like indie that about um, a small engine repair, I think it's called, which is like a play that he like was also in. He's he's got a ton of things. I, I could see him getting in because I think actors really do like him and he's so likable. But I just don't know if he's got enough to get in. That's a very strong category, as we said. But I could yeah. see him I getting mean, it's, it's an unsettled category. Yeah. But um, I also. <sighs> Like it, it's a true supporting role, which is yeah. like fine because like the supporting category, but it, it it also feels like he it sounds so vague to see to say like he wants like he needs to like do more, but I think he needed I, I don't know, like like something like another like scene or two there. It's kind of like, like what you said is actually like you obviously can't combine them, but the fact is like that coach character is Tony Goldwyn and him split between the two. And if mm-hmm. it was like one person playing that, yeah, it, it can't be, be because harder. if it was yeah. one person, I think he'd have a much bigger shot because there'd just be more of him in the movie, but because yeah. it's obviously two different people, you can't do that. So uh, yeah, I don't know. And then I, I, like I said, I have, I have had Ronaldo Marcus green in and I moved him out for Adam McKay. I think he does a great job with the movie. It's like really old school, like big studios, inspirational sports movie type thing. He's obviously like a younger director. Um, I don't know. I, I could, I could almost see him getting in, but 
I think it would be tough. I, I don't know. And I, I just don't I, think, I think it would be hard for him. Yeah. Again, I think like the box office discouraged people. <laughs> yeah. That's so silly that it really did. But I, I, know. Hope it, I hope it doesn't because I hope like, as like, again, we're talking like months from now, will people even remember what it did? And I think anecdotally, at least it seems like, again, it's on HBO max. People are going to watch it. Right. Like, I mean, like I I've probably said this a million times and it's so stupid, but I'm like, my parents watched it. I'm like, they would have never watched this if it was just in the movie. Oh, so they're not going to yeah. go. Like this is not a movie that like, you're like, I need to like buy yeah. my tickets in advance. Right. I mean, like if this was, if this was like six years ago or five years ago, whenever the blind side came out, like, yes, it would have been like a massive Thanksgiving. Like 2009. Family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a long time ago. It's not it's 11 years ago. Okay. If you're sure it's not five years, years ago, ago, 12 years ago, you sure it's not five. Yeah. Um, no, if it was like that, if it was like 2009 and Will Smith is in like this movie and it's like marketed basically like the blind side. I think it's a lot better than the blind side, honestly. Like it just is. And I think he's actually better than Sandra was in the blind side, though. I think Sandra is actually pretty good in the blind side. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think this would have made like $200 million, but it's a different time and it's a different world. It's, so, I mean, I think that was probably also the expectation pre-COVID as well. Right. So. Yeah. so pre-COVID, it would have done really well. And I think uh, I think it'll probably continue to do well on HBO Max. The audience scores are through the roof. Like, it's hard to imagine someone being like, that was, you might quibble with it. And you might think it's like corny or whatever, but I mean, no one is going to walk out of that movie and be like, that stunk, I don't think. I yeah, just think and also- like, just like um, like tennis fans, I know, and like tennis like uh, journalists, like like they all approve of it as well. Right. Like, like everyone agrees that like this is you know a, a good you know decent movie. I think like the worst you could say about it is like it's like a standard sports movie. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's really. I mean, like in. in that is definitely like what it is. And I think that's it's, like, it's I, not a bad movie. No. I, so I would love if Ronaldo Marcus Green got nominated, I'd actually love it. I think he's like really talented and this is like a great, you know, he did of monsters and men, I believe was his Sundance uh, breakout. And he did Joe Bell with Mark Wahlberg. Remember Joe Bell barely came. I, out. I do remember Joe Bell. And uh, then he did this. And yeah, like, I think his story is really, I listened to an interview he did with, uh, on the big picture podcast, Joyce, everyone listen to that, uh, with Sean fantasy. He did an interview with, uh, Ronaldo Marcus green and his like story is really compelling. He's, you know what he used, he's a Mets fan. So we should all automatically like, him. Oh my God. And it's right across from Arthur Ashe stadium. And, uh, he was like a high, he played baseball and like actually tried out, I think for the Mets and didn't make it and then became a filmmaker. So he's got like a sports background. And that was like one of his big selling points to Will when he met him for like this project. And like, I think Will got connected to him too because Jada Pinkett Smith was on the Sundance jury when Monsters and Men was at Sundance. So that's like their like yeah. Venn diagram of, of connection. So when but is he making the Mets movie? I don't know. If we if I get to talk to him, don't, don't, don't best believe I'm going to ask him about like, do a do a Mets movie, 86 Mets, 89, 88 Mets movie. I don't care. Do a Mets movie. Uh, it'll be great. Um, yeah, I would love to see him get in. I have it still. So I still have best picture for that. I still have in, in best original screenplay. I think it's like a pretty solid like four or five pick there. And then, you know, I could see cinematography with Ellswit, like because he's such a pro. The score I thought was really good. Chris Bowers did the music. It's very. Uh, I, I could see editing for it. I thought it was. Yeah. I, I mean, I think there's a lot, it has like a lot of like six, seven potential right there. And I don't know, I could still see it winning depends on how the rest of the year goes and what ends up breaking out. But I think like it is, 
of all the movies that we've talked about this season, it is absolutely the best crowd pleaser and like the one that makes you feel best so far. More so than Belfast, more so than Don't Yeah, Look like it's it's <laughs> more of a crowd pleaser in, in like the traditional sense than Belfast is or has uh, been like, yes, not, I wouldn't say marketed, but just like that's just been like the narrative. It's it's like yeah. taken on. Um, and, and and I think again because of the box office, people are now like, is it is is King Richard a crowd pleaser because it only made like five, like there's no crowds, like it only right. made five millions. But I think but like it, anyone who's watched it likes it. Yeah, I think so. it's a likable movie. So maybe when we say crowd pleaser now, we mean something that people enjoy. And I think people would enjoy this movie and like turn it off and be like, that was a good movie. I'm glad I watched it. And I'm sure more people watch it over Thanksgiving with their family because I could see like, what else are you going to watch, basically? Um, Joyce, so we have Best Actor, we have uh, Will, we talked about Leo, and then you I, I you got to watch uh, Tick, Tick, Boom, which I, I know, watched. It was, a, it was a big couple of days for me with like Best Actor contenders. <laughs> big couple of days of release with Best Actor contenders. Actually, I was thinking about it. It's like you have, Will out, uh, Cumberbatch and Power of the Dogs in theaters right now. It comes to Netflix mm-hmm. next week. Uh, Garfield and Tick, Tick, Boom. And then Walking Phoenix and Come On, Come On was actually released in limited release. We barely talked about it, but like he's also- And, a and it's like doing well in limited release too. Yeah, and I think it had like a $26,000- That's the thing. They need to release everything limited. <laughs> like in I know. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But um, yeah, so Tick, Tick, Boom. I, I love the movie. I love Andrew Garfield in it. I got him in. I got him in uh, like a- like, I think I think I'll put him in right now. I'll do another live update. Yes. I'll put him in right now. Thank you. Um, yeah, he was he was really good. And um, I mean, I'm not a big like musical theater person. Um, like I know like this existed, like Tick, Tick, Boom. The musical existed, but like I never like- heard any songs or anything right. but um so I, I i liked it it was it was entertaining and i think it's another uh crowd pleaser even though we don't know how big the crowd is but again it feels like anecdotally like most people who've seen it um enjoy it and really like andrew yeah so. absolutely i totally agree I, i'll tell you this i saw it uh, i went i saw it at a screen i saw it at the paris theater we saw it, don't look up earlier and then uh my wife and i we watched it friday night and saturday night just kept putting you it back watched it you, twice <laughs> so i've seen it three times in like a week uh i just really love it it's incredibly watchable i think it's so watchable and i was really impressed just that the movie itself i think is actually really good and lynn manuel miranda's direction as a first-time director i was kind of like pretty impressed with it's not like he definitely is trying different things and i feel like not only do you get the sense that it's a very much a broadway friendly movie where it's like he his care for broadway is apparent throughout and like his his interest mm-hmm. in the history of broadway like there's a million cameos of like super famous broadway performers i didn't even recognize half of them i had to like google it and like look for the credits at the end and see you know rita who are those people the articles seo articles and then um yeah, I just think Andrew's awesome in it. He's so good. He really, really goes for it. It's a big performance. He's his singing is great. I just love his voice. I think he's got a great voice. I think the I mean, narrative. He already has a, a Tony for a play, so he needs yeah. a Tony for a musical. He really should. Uh, I think the narrative that he's been out. He's been out there, and like this is like for a while. There were articles about like his the way he processed his grief of his mother dying with this movie when Tammy Faye came out. And he's been talking about that on the late night circuit. I think he's a very likable performer. People do like him. The movie is good. He's great in it. I just think he's like, 
I would be surprised if he doesn't get nominated at this point. I know that seems so silly, but I'm like, I really think he's got it. And I think the character you're rooting for the, even though he's a very, it's a lot of energy and like big theater kid energy. And like Jonathan Larson comes off sometimes. It's like peak theater kid. (laughs) It's really grating at times, but like not in a, like he just is like, that's the character. And he's like a lot and he's very uh, determined. But I think the, what he's, his struggle to be a creative artist will really, I think a lot of actors will respond to that. And just people in general who are in the creative community will like look at that role and that performance and like see something very familiar to themselves. And like, yeah, I think it's like, he's like great. And he's, there's like a ton of Oscars. I don't know. I just think he's in, I'd be surprised if he doesn't get in. I I think he can get in um, from passion, which we've seen is like key here um and in in this era particularly so um i don't really see a best picture nomination for this movie which i think is what hurts him the most because there is like such a link between those two categories um so he might be like the one or maybe two i don't know depending on who makes it like a nominee who is not from a best picture nominee in the category I don't, um, I don't have it in for best picture either. Yeah. But I, I could, it, it seems like it would be a long shot, but with 10, who knows? I mean, I guess I can make the argument that it would be like nine or 10. It just seems like a little bit of, a it's, it's also like, like if you like think about it, like everyone who is like raving about him, like no one is like the, the film needs a best picture nomination. Everyone is like, he needs a best actor yes. nomination. You That's know? what it feels like too. Not to say, I, I think, you know, I could see it being like on the outside of like best picture and best editing, honestly, and best sound, like all of those. I, I, I actually be. put it in sound before I even watched it just because it was like a uh, musical. musical. <laughs> yeah. I think I could see it still see it getting in there. So I don't think he'd be like a lone nominee. I think it has like some potential elsewhere. Yeah. I don't think he'd be a lone nominee. I just don't think he'd best be from nominee. a best picture yeah. nominee. Yeah. So yeah, I moved him in. I, I still, I, I'm like very enjoyable. I'm, I'm like excited about that performance. And like you said, I think the passion is for him is like through the roof. He's also like a guy people are rooting for. It seems like just in general. So yeah, I got um, him in. Yeah, like he. I, it's it's funny because like I don't think anyone was really kind of like uh, predicting him for like Tammy Faye and supporting. <laughs> no. So um, it it was it's also funny because it's like it it. Like we we knew this movie was coming out, you know, because like we know, but I don't really think like maybe the general public knows. Like I feel like the general public or like, you know, people who like follow like movies or like entertainment, like know about like Don't Look Up is coming out. Yeah. But I don't think like Tick Tick Boom had the same type of like lead up promo to it. No, I don't believe it did. And then it was just like, oh, here's the premiere. And then like it's on Netflix on Friday. Right. Which ended up maybe like playing, I mean, maybe that's like actually like, I don't know, maybe that's like a great strategy. It was definitely, it was in the top 10 on Netflix. I saw it. I think it was like seven the last time I checked. So like a lot of people are checking it out. And like we said, I think that Netflix bump will help like a a contender because it's just as like, of course it's like on, you know, it's in your face if you use Netflix and it's like, there's 200 million people using Netflix. So I don't know. What what if he's helped by uh, next month? Probably, likely, most definitely being in Spider Man No Way Home. <laughs> so I was wondering about that actually, and I'm like, opposite Benedict Cumberbatch. 
<laughs> so it probably would help, but also like then he's been lying about it for like months. I mean, they've all been lying about it. So I mean, yeah. So they they know, edited him helped. and Toby out of the trailer. <laughs> Every, everything helps, I think. I don't know. Um, so yeah, Joyce, like we got we should wrap up. So we've gone we've very long here on things. We I really know. Enjoyed. Thank you uh, during this week for anyone who actually survived, however long we've been doing this. <laughs> yes, we're thankful. It's Thanksgiving week. We're, we're thankful uh, for you watching. Joyce, do you want to do one, like a minute on succession? This week's oh episode God. was dark. Uh, it was cow. so dark, but I <laughs> loved it. Um, and, you know, Matthew McFadden. So I was, I just remember like, I, I was like telling people after I watched the screeners, cause they were like, how are they? I was like, they're great. And like, Tom has like an amazing arc that starts in episode three. Um, and like after this one, like, well, they've been kind of like texting me like every week, but after like this past episode, it's like, holy shit. Like, yeah. So good. Uh, I definitely, I, like I have him as like he, in my mental Emmy predictions, he's got to be the winner, right. In the supporting actor category. I mean, he like every, like the past, what, four episodes, like it's like, it's just like tape after tape, like Unbelievable. His, his tapes matter. <laughs> like the greatest, I, I was actually like the greatest scene in the history of the show is, uh, him and Kendall in the diner, I thought, and then walking out and Tom being like, every, you get F you're every, I've never seen you not get F and I've never seen Logan get F. So I'm going to stick with Logan. It's just, just like the greatest distillation of the entire show. Yeah. Um, I, but like everything about that, that scene was so good. Like from like the way he ordered and the, like the large glass of room so order. And then just like Kendall, just like staring at him and just like, Oh, just watch him. It's and that incredible. whole conversation. And like, I, I actually, we don't have a lot of like Tom Kendall interactions, but no. they're always good. And also I love, you know, after that, you know, after he leaves the like, Kendall on the side of, the diner, the road, <laughs> like, and then Tom walks back into that hotel suite, a completely different person. He doesn't say a word when he walks in and they're still like discussing who's the next president. And like, but everything about him is different. He also like passes, you know, Greg being hoisted. Like, Greg being hoisted before. by his white yeah. supremacist, the uh, <laughs> proud boys or whatever. Like, just like in like Matthew's like entire like body and demeanor. It's just like, he is like completely different after that interaction and seeing Greg and everything. And it's incredible. He's so good. Uh, And then the machinations of the show, I thought was like, it was pretty interesting. I think I love Justin Kirk, uh, love seeing him and stuff. So hopefully he's in it more as the season. I mean, I doubt he's honestly in it very much. I mean, you've seen the next well, episode. I, he's not in the next episode because that next episode is obviously, as everyone's seen, is Kendall's 40th bash. Correct. And, and then the last uh, Ace two. Stars. Right. Ace Stars is finally making his debut. <laughs> yeah. And then the last two are in Italy, presumably for uh, the, the, Kendall's and, and shit. Yeah, and, Caroline's and wedding. Caroline's to wedding. Onion. Right. <laughs> I mean, so, I guess he could because like Ace Cars is in one of at least one of those episodes. So, so maybe so, Justin Kirk is as well. And many mean they're definitely setting it up for next season as, as well. Um yeah, I, I'd be very that was a really dark episode, I would say. And I, I think it's interesting that they've basically shown. I mean, I just just to spec you've seen one episode ahead of me, but just to speculate, I'm like how much more is Shiv going to take before she does come to help a flailing Kendall uh, who is totally, he is like, when, when will she finally switch sides? Kind of, because I feel like we've seen from a story standpoint, Kendall has reached the end of his relevancy with the, with regard to bringing down Waystar. 
Like if he's, he is not his, his, all his documentation has proven failed. He bombed with the justice department. He's kind of just totally boxed out and irrelevant. Took a last ditch Hail Mary to Tom didn't work. So like, I feel like Kendall needs Shiv to like help unite him against uh, Logan. And I'll just be curious to see when that actually does happen because Shiv, obviously they've pushed her to the limit. Uh, Last week we talked about how like Logan was just totally dismissive of her deal to save the company. And then this week, obviously he, she she didn't back the wrong guy, but she didn't know how to back up her defense of her guy. And Roman did. Roman was an expert and uh, Shiv was not. And Shiv, we've seen this. I mean, we talked about this a little last week too. Her, uh, she just loses. She doesn't always have control of the situation as well as like even Kendall and Logan, obviously. So like when she really does want something, it becomes, she can't contain it. So like she's, she's saw, like a child, like it, it's like right. she pouts and so like, this I, one, why isn't it going my way? <laughs> right. And so like we saw that like last week with the with the negotiations with the with the Sandy and, and Stewie. And then this week, obviously, with her candidate uh, trying just really aggressively get them to not pick the white. And then like she completely gave away that she had something in it for her. And that was it. And that yeah. was why uh, that kind of like that buried her chances. So bad for the country, but uh, good for drama <laughs> on the show, obviously. So we'll see what happens. But I'm excited to watch this week's episode. As well. Yeah, I, I will just say that there is another development in the investigation. In ah, episode good seven. to know. Good, good tease. Good tease. Yes. Let's, uh, let's end it there. Ha- have a good Thanksgiving. And we'll talk. Uh, we'll, I'll just talk to you next week. We have a big week. <laughs> the fall, after Thanksgiving, we have so many things we're going to probably see. We Yeah, we, we will have new things, hopefully, to talk about. Yes. So uh, good tease. And we'll see you later. Bye, Joyce. Bye. For all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at Gold Derby. 